Welcome, one and all, to episode 362 of Signals from Mars. My name is Victor, and for this episode, I welcome Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman. Jeremy is back once again to discuss new releases from the month of August, August 2023. This is our August albums review. Up next... I'm ready. Let's do it! We've been doing these album reviews, album rundowns, new music reviews, whatever you want to call them. It's just fun to catch up with Jeremy and talk about music that's been coming out on a monthly basis. It not only helps me and other people are reaching out to me to say, hey, you know, these are really cool. I'm catching up on music that I didn't even know has come out. So if that's what's coming out of all of this, great. The job is getting done because that's what I love doing is talking about new music and helping spread the word of bands putting out new music, whether it's a new band that you've never heard of before, whether it's a band that you've heard of, but you never actually check them out. And this is the catalyst to get you to check the album out. Awesome. Or if it's a band that you've loved for years and They've just been off of your radar for some time. You didn't know that they were working on new music. Well, if you fit into any of these categories, we're here to help you out. We've got you covered. If you go over to my Patreon, you'll find out that I do this on a daily basis, actually. Jeremy's one of the patrons there. So if you like what we're doing on this episode and need more, you want more, you want to check out more new music, I'd invite you to go to the Patreon. You can check it out for one month. One month, I wish. For uh, a week for free. I'd love to be able to offer it for a month. That's that's what my original plan was. And I messaged back and forth with Patreon for some time. And it's taken them almost two years to roll this out. And believe me, I think that if somebody gets hooked on what we do, or what I do on the Patreon, along with my patrons, most people stick around. Obviously, we've had a few that have decided to uh, jump ship, but their prerogative, not mine. Uh, I love them either way. You know, I appreciate anyone who comes along and tries to support the show, whether it's only for a month, whether it's for a week, or whatever it is. You know, I understand that not everyone is in the same economic situation where maybe $2 a month doesn't make sense to them. I know plenty of people that don't believe in paying for podcasting, so it is what it is. But uh, if you're so inclined, come join us. Patreon.com forward slash Signals from Mars. In any event, go to SignalsFromMars.com to catch up on not only the latest episodes and live streams, replays of, of the episodes and live, live streams, I should say, but you'll find out all the information regarding all the social media sites where you can keep up with the show and help spread the word. Look, if you can't jump on Patreon, but you send a shout out and let people know about what we're doing, 
I appreciate and I love you all the same. Again, I realize that not everyone's situation is the same thing. Quick shout out to all of my patrons. Not going to run down all of them this week. You guys know who you are. If you watch the video version of this, you, they get thanked every time, every week that we do a, a live show. And uh, truly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. There's a million things out there that you could be listening to right now. But you're listening to this podcast. 14 years. I started this back in 2009. And I thank you regardless when you jumped on this <laughs> avalanche rolling downhill or however you want to look at it. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And keep checking in with us. Keep hanging in there. And check out some new music. All right, here we go. Me and Jeremy Weltman talking about August 2023 new album releases. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to the September 8th edition of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. Joining me tonight is Mr. Patron's Pick, Jeremy Weltman. Jeremy, how are you? Yeah, hi, Victor. Doing well. Really hot in the, here in the UK. I bet it is there in Spain as well. It is very hot here. It, there's no breeze or anything to push any of this hot air out of here either. So it is very annoyingly hot. Um, we're both wearing Iron Maiden shirts as well. By the looks we're, of it. we're both wearing Iron Maiden shirts. <laughs> there so we, go. We, didn't, we didn't plan it, but it just kind of happened. As I mentioned to Jeremy, um, off the air, I still have the ACDC hangover going on behind me. So, uh, yeah, we're still in ACDC mode and it's still good hard rock and metal. And we're here to talk about albums that were released in August of 2023. These shows seem to be gaining a lot of attention. People are checking them out. And uh, it's always fun to do these with you. And it's always fun to, you know, brush up, let people know, hey, there is good music coming out on a weekly basis. Don't be a sloth and check this stuff out. You know, I'm sure you'll find something that you enjoy uh, joining us is brad Dahl in idaho about 70 degrees here well brad it is 73 at night here so it was uh close to 100 degrees today and it has been insufferable to sleep for the last three to four days we usually get this heat in august not in september september's like usually nice weather here but uh, anyway, thank you for joining us, Brad. We hope to have you back soon. We hope that you can get your internet sorted out. I guess Yard Metal confirmed for us. Yard Metal is supposed to come back online 15th or somewhere around there, correct? Well, let's see. <laughs> let's see if he responds. In the meantime, as Brad is getting back to us, I have a Amazon US store. QR code there. If you scan that and go to Amazon, being that I am an Amazon associate, I get a small chunk of any purchase that you make, so long as it is, it is uh, eligible 
for me to receive a kickback. Hopefully the 13th. That's great news, Brad. For for that, I'll give you one of these. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And also, remember that we have a cool merch store. We have Signals from Mars t-shirts. 20 bucks. We have Signals from Mars hoodies. 35 bucks. We have Signals from Mars windbreaker jackets. 60. And we have bomber jackets for 66. Jeremy is a patron. Brad is a patron. If you want to show us some love, go over to Patreon. You can try out a, a week for free. Two bucks. A month after that gets you on our Patreon exclusive shows where we do the countdowns like we did with ACDC the last time around. Or you get my Victor M. Ruiz podcast. Some people like the behind the scenes and kind of more personal aspect of things with that show. So you get that there. Uh, You get some of this merch as well, depending on the tier. Get plenty of new music to check out as well. A lot of cool new videos coming up. And a lot of cool stuff has been posted already. So that's over there on Patreon. Uh, go to signalsfrommars.com and you'll find all the links to all this stuff. So there you go. Join, join, join us. We don't bite. We don't we bite. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just join us. All right. So August was an interesting month because there were some weeks that had very few releases. And others that had a lot. So the month started out with not a whole heck of a lot going on. August 4th, we had releases from uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's Mammoth WVH, Mammoth 2, Skindred released Smile, Crypta released Shades of Sorrow. We also had releases from Repentance, Kent Hilty, Hoover 3. Bright House, EPs from Amana Marth and Cavo, reissues from Sam Wayne, High on Fire, 1914, Berserker Legion, and live albums from Devin Townsend and One Desire. Jeremy, what did you check out this week? Yeah, as you, as you mentioned, I think there's you know there's quite a few in in several of these weeks, and uh, the first one I listened to was Signs of the Times by Dark Sky. This okay. is their third studio album, I believe. Um, not not don't think I'd heard them before. And the first song that I listened to on the album very much reminded me of Scorpions. So if you like Scorpions, this is for you. Uh, at least the vocal did. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, they they are from Germany as well. So oh. it's very much melodic hard rock. Um, I'd say the the album's a little bit mixed, though. You know, it's not. Uh, I don't think it's a, anything near Scorpions standards. But um, you know, there's a few really good songs on it that that that'll like them and and have you know some strong melodies. Uh, so you know, quite I quite like that one. Uh, I also like the Power of Power, which was a six track EP by the progressive power metal band Induction. Okay, uh, and. Oh, Similarly, I also like the melodic rock of Rian uh, with The War Is Over uh, and also uh, the alternative metal album by Skindred, uh, their new album Smile. Uh, I thought that had lots of groovy riffs on there. 
you know, sort of rock rap beats on that and, and, and you know, quite like their style. Um, I also tried Legends by Icon of Sin, the Brazilian metal band with Bruce Dickinson. Uh, sorry, I mean Rafael Mendes <laughs> on uh, vocals. Uh, if you've never heard it, pick it up and tell me that's not Bruce Dickinson. If you're after new Maiden songs that truly sound of old style Maiden, this is for you. Um, Mendes is just, you know, he's waiting for Bruce to retire uh, <laughs> because he's, he's obviously going to get the Maiden job. Um, so some really good songs on that, uh, but, you know, sounds a little bit too much like them. So it comes to what I would pick for the album of this particular week, and it has to be the second album by Mammoth, WVH. Uh, it's obviously unapologetically called Mammoth 2, just as Van Halen did, uh, right. which makes me think the third album should be called Men and Boys Last. You work, <laughs> you, you work it out. Um, of course, the, the music, of course, is, is nothing like Van Halen, really, and, and all the better for it, I think, because, you know, he's tried to keep his own style going. It's a, it's a real mix of tunes, very creatively put together. It sounds very polished. Um, and of course, Wolfgang is not Eddie, but there's you know there's no need to make comparisons because this is his own band in its own right, and and I really enjoyed the album, and I think you know they're they're making some good stuff here, and look forward to what they do in the future as well. But you know, pick it up and and give it a good listen because it's great. Yeah, um, I just wrote down a question for later, which you just gave me some food for thought there with I kind of sin, but uh, anyway. For me, yeah, okay, so Skindred. I think Skindred and Benji Webb, their lead singer, came from Dub War before that. That was my introduction to Benji. Right when Dub War was breaking up and Skindred was coming around, I think they're always good for three, four good tracks on every album. And look, I'm not saying that their albums suck. I'm just saying that they have three to four songs that really stand out on each album that's like man that goes in my skindred playlist and i know that if i throw that on it's gonna have thick riffs it's gonna have some cool beats in it it's gonna have some you know a mix of straight ahead hard rock and metal some rapping some ska and reggae going on as well there's a little of everything going on with them so um Look at that. We have Edgar Winter's son joining us. Ed Edgar Winter's son, thank you for joining us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so the Skindred album I think is really good. Um, I also listened to the Mammoth WVH. And here's the thing. I think that the album is a progression from what he did with the first album. I, I don't think that, um, I think similar to the first album, I don't think that Van Halen fans will come to this saying, wow, he's finally doing Eddie's stuff. Hmm. Uh, so I think older fans that are looking for him to step into Eddie's shoes, they're not going to find it. Is this album more complex than the first one? Yeah, absolutely. Is it still radio-friendly to an extent? Absolutely as well. So I think he's progressed. He's added elements of more progressive elements in some places and some heavier stuff in some places, but it's still pretty radio-friendly at the same time. 
I do think that the solo for Take a Bow is the name of the song is the closest we've come to see him since he's done Mammoth WVH where you would say, all right, he's showing us his thorough, thoroughbred pedigree here. Uh, the solo is great on, on that track. Um, I went away from this album thinking, similar to you, What's album three going to sound like? What's album four going to sound like? Because it seems as if it's the first one was him kind of dipping his toe in the water. This is him kind of saying, okay, the water isn't all that cold. You know, I can, I can wait in this. And I'm thinking the third one, he's, he's going to be full on ready to swim or, or dive into the, the deep end. So we'll see. Uh, the Mammoth WVH is my pick for for August 4th as well. So there you go. We both uh, agree on that one. Yeah, cool. Uh, Ed, Edgar Winterson is saying that he does. Or he says, I've got their dub war. I've got their CD. There you go. Awesome. Let's move on to August 11th. Now this has a considerable more amount of releases and some bigger names included here. So we had a new album by the hives. I think it's their first album in seven years, if I'm not mistaken, new George Lynch and Jeff Pilson, heavy hitters too. If you're not familiar with that, we'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. What the difference is between heavy hitters one and two public image limited back after their last album was, I think, more than a decade ago. King Cobra is back as well. Cataclysm, Neil Morse, John Rooney, Megahertz, Urn, Silverburn, Streetlight, Soriason, Hell in the Club, The Mystical Hot Chocolate Endeavors, To Kill, a, to kill Achilles. Wow, that's hard to say. <laughs> Caskets. And live albums from Coney Hatch and the German band, The Prophecy 23. So uh, let's see here. Edgar Winterson is saying Lancer and Streetlight. All right, cool. And just so you guys know, as Jeremy said at the beginning, we're kind of scraping over some of these. Obviously, there are other releases that have come out. Uh, some of the reasons why I don't have them all listed is I mainly go for the promos that are sent my way first. Uh, then I do my research and look out at other sites that have release dates. And I try to fill in uh, the dates. Some of the albums, I don't have the right release dates only because they change the labels, change them or the bands change them or even the distributors. So I try my best folks. So this is what I have listed as August 11th. As you guys saw with the fourth, Jeremy had a few that I didn't have. So uh, Jeremy, for August 11th, what are some of your faves? Yeah, well, I tried the King Cobra's We Are Warriors. Uh, I thought there were some good songs on that. Uh, at first, I thought it was all a little bit ruined by uh, failing to pay the producer because uh, it made the sound, you know, the sounded a little bit tinny, I thought. But um, I enjoyed the songs and then it, you know, grew on me a bit and I started to like it more, uh, you know, like I would sort of unpolished demos, I'd say. Um 
I also like the hard rock sounds of the Lion's Road by Soraya Sign. I think I think that's how you pronounce it. Which I think you've you know you featured quite a bit in in um, in Patreon mm-hmm. uh, and parts of Recovery as well by the punky metalcore band To Kill Achilles. Uh, that was quite good. Uh, one of the standouts this week was actually the new album by Danish hard rock trio Blindstone. Okay. Um, I do seem to remember listening to them before, uh, and this is in fact their tenth album. So I must have must have heard a lot of their stuff before. I reckon um, <laughs> it was definitely in my ballpark. I mean, the first track, "Embrace the Sky," hook, hooking me in right from the off. Very professional sound, very tight sound. Uh, excellent vocals from Martin Anderson, um, who is actually also a you know a good bluesy rock guitar player. Maybe not your sort of stuff. Victor, but it was mine, you know, so, you know, we always sort of differ on certain things. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you're a fan of pure classic rock bands like Y&T, Thunder, you know, Vanderberg's Moon Kings and so on, uh, with sort of Stevie Ray Vaughan and Frank Marino and Robin Trower thrown in for good measure, you know, you, you can't fail to like this album. I think that may be my pick of the week, but, you know, I would like to also make another standout. In fact, in fact Edgar has just mentioned it. Um, so, you know, he should be joining our group because he's on the money here. It was the Italian band Hell in the Club with F-U-B-A-R. Whatever that stands for, I don't know, but I can guess what the first two letters stand for. Um, so ignore the terrible band name, the cover, and the fact it's on Frontiers. This is the best band that follows the 80s hair metal style. Um, and for a few reasons, one is the vocals. Uh, it has touches of everything, but it sounds proper metal. Let's let's say that for a start. Um, there's sort of early Guns and Roses, LA Guns, Motley Crue, Hooks in there, and there's lots of other bands too, all played at a really good tempo as well. Uh, I like the melodies. Um, it hasn't been overproduced, and it and they sound like they are actually from LA. Uh, so a really good party band. So you know, I'm a bit indifferent between Blindstone and Hell in the Club, but you know. Uh, Seeing Edgar has also pointed them out. Let's go for Hell in the Club as the album of the week. I'm not sure if the title is referring to a World War II uh, saying, but Fubar okay. in World War II was uh, fucked up beyond all recognition. I have heard that before. Yeah, a long time so. ago. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, probably is that. <laughs> So, all right. So from my end, uh, there are two that I got a chance to listen to one. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as, uh, as I did. The other was kind of a letdown for me, the George Lynch and Jeff Pilsen album, heavy hitters Two. There you go. File under bitch ass rock. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the George Lynch and or the Lynch Pilsen album, just called the LP that came out in 2003, I believe, is an album that I've listened to a lot. And the promise of having those two get back together again, I mean, even going beyond what they did in Dokken, that album is phenomenal. I still go back to that album and listen to it all the time. And there are very few songs that I skip on that album. Just the premise of them taking some classic rock songs, some pop songs, and kind of making it their own. I don't know. The first one, the first one didn't work for me, and this one kind of doesn't. And look, the hell do I know? If they want to do it, 
it's their prerogative, you know. Uh, what you said before about the blues guitars, if you're into it, then as so long as it speaks to you, what does my opinion matter? Uh, it just matters that it means something to you. So I don't know. I was kind of lost with that album because I, again, you, you, you get that one really good album by somebody and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to hear the next one. And then what it isn't what you were thinking it was going to be. Or, or not even it doesn't have to be the same thing, but just something that that speaks to you. This kind of doesn't. So I, I was kind of kind of cold with that. Um, for me, my pick for this week, I know it's kind of out of left field for what we usually talk about here, is The Hives, The Death of uh, Randy Fitzsimmons. I've liked this band almost since the first time that I've heard them. Um, I didn't think I was going to like this album because I was kind of cold on some of the initial singles that they released, but they always do it to me. There's always a chorus here or there that the melody or the riffs just kind of stick in my head. And I'm like, damn it. I need to listen to that song again. So you're sitting there throughout the week. Yeah. I've got this, this earworm of a melody in my head again. So I got to listen to it again. So for me, the, the hives have always done that. And I kept envisioning what it would have been like if their lead singer would have been the guy to step in for Brian Johnson instead of Axl Rose, uh, because that was one of the rumors when that took place. So, so that's my pick for August the 11th. Let's see. Let's move on to the 18th. Uh, let's see. We have uh, new albums from... And I never, I don't know that I've ever pronounced the name of this band correctly. Is it uh, Sira, perhaps? A band featuring former members of uh, Amaranth and uh, In Flames. Uh, Spirits Adrift released Ghosts at the Gallows. Ringworm had a new one. Bat Sabbath, which is uh, Cancer Bats covering Black Sabbath. Whenever they do that, they name the releases bat sabbath uh we have fall of the albatross skullmond unblessed divine oblivious P- protocol ox with two x's dripping decay gathirum warmin valkyte moments the shredders eps from artreyu Jesus, Pyrocagian. All right, I'm sure I messed that up. Doomsday, Worm Shepherd, reissues from Arch Enemy, three from Parkway Drive, Bless the Fall, Boris, Lodi, and Cherubs. That Cherubs did not go over well on Patreon. Live albums from Slipknot, they're live at MSG, and compilations from Black Sabbath, Hands of Doom, 1970-78, and The Dead Daisies, Best Of. A lot of stuff came out this week, and real quickly, Edgar saying that his pick for the 11th was Status Quo Official Archive Series Volume 1, live in Amsterdam. Very cool. Good old British band there. There you go. Rocking all over the world. (laughs) All right. So, Jeremy, Mm. talk to me about the 18th. 
Yeah, well, as you mentioned right at the outset, you said some of these weeks we're going to have a lot of albums to choose from and some we're not. And this was one of the weeks I really struggled. Um, you know, it wasn't really a, a good week for me. I did um, listen to the Atreyu album, uh, The Moment You Find Your Flame. I thought it had its moments. I thought it was a little generic, perhaps. There were some enjoyable songs on there. Um but it wasn't something I was going to pick as album of the week. So I had to dig a little deeper. I listened to many other albums that I sort of tossed aside. And then I got to the Spirit Adrift album, uh, <laughs> the US band, Ghost of the Gallows, uh, a band I think, you know, would sound really good live. Um, very neat riffs, the Doomy New Wapham style. Um, not a band I've listened to much before. Oh. Uh, they've only released a few albums at Isle. Uh, listen to that song. I shall return for for you know for instance, and it's you know it's a real classic old style metal song with a sort of wishbone ashy style chorus as well added in for good measure, um, and it got better too the more it went on. Um, I listened to a little bit more of their catalogue after that. Um, the, the album before wasn't so fussed on uh, as much as this one, but it's definitely my album of the week. Spirit Adrift. I thought I thought it was good. Uh, this is another week where we're going to coincide with the picks. <laughs> I, I think this album is great. This band, and it was initially just a two-piece up until two releases ago where it became a five-piece. And it was amazing to me that what they were doing with just two people in the band. Uh, similar to what you're saying, it's a call back to early 80s heavy metal a uh, callback to a lot of new Wabam influenced music. And it still has kind of a modern feel to it. So it's kind of best of both worlds kind of a deal. Hmm. This is a band that I could say, you know, yes, this is a band that will be here for the next decade or so and is going to continue to fly the flag for us for the these this kind of music that we love. So I agree with you. Ghost at the at the gallows from Spirit Adrift is my pick for the 18th as well. Great. Cool. So um let's see. The 25th. Talk about a lot of releases. Here we go. Alice Cooper Road asking Alexandria. Where do we go from here? Candlebox, the long goodbye. Death Clock, Death Album 4, Filter, The Algorithm. Oh, I have Death Clock twice. Uh, Udo or UDO, Touchdown, Vandenberg, Sin, Hurricane, Reconnected. Damn, I wanted to listen to that one. I forgot. I'll have to check it out. Uh, Devil Wears Prada, Salt, Ex Mortis, Necrophony. And from there, we have Hot Milk. Mark Hudson, solo album from the Dragon Force lead singer, Atoll, Knife, Velvet Insane, The Unity, Vision Master, Noveria, Sin Heresy, Till the Dirt, Unitopia, Born in Blood, Darsambra, Colony Drop, Nixel, Incarnation, Live Kill, Velvet Viper, Holding Absence, Destroyer 666, The Word Alive, and Lions at the Gate. EP from Cinnamon Babe, 
reissues from Agaluch or Agaloch. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, Dath as well. And live albums from Sherinian Phillips and Love Bites. <laughs> yes, it is, Edgar. It is a lot of rock. And I'm sure I'm missing some releases as well. So, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Your well, thoughts for this week? <laughs> Edgar summed it up there, hasn't he? I mean, that you know, there's a huge amount coming out, and quite a few from some big bands there. Yeah. You're 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 obviously going to expect me to mention Vandenberg. I mean, it's it's his second under the the Vandenberg name again since the 2020 release, which was actually called 2020. Um, uh, and you know, it's called Sin. This one, a bit of a strange looking album cover with the sharks on there. Right. Uh, looks looks like there wasn't much money spent on it. Um, to be honest, the music is a bit mixed, but it's you know it's pretty well produced. It's got a very white snaky sound though. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt's Levin on vocals this time. I mean, this is David Coverdale. Shortly, I mean, if if David Coverdale wants a guy to sing in white snake and keep it going, this is the guy. We we could maybe have another show about all these guys who sound like other guys. Um, the songwriting though isn't as good as White Snake. There are some decent hard rock on it, yeah, hard rock songs on it, and it did grow on me. To be fair, after a couple of listens, so I think this is one like many albums. I think you just need to play them a little bit. You know, we can't right. just play our albums once and uh, you know give a give a definitive view on albums. We need to play them a little bit and let them let them mature. Um, but it wasn't my pick. Uh, I also liked uh, a little bit the Hellish Joyride by the Unity, the German band. Um, they describe themselves as power metal, but they're actually probably more, you know, melodic metal with some sort of proggy elements. Um, this album was a little bit mixed compared with their previous one, Rise, though, uh, which I thought was a bit better. And then, of course, I'm going to mention uh, UDO, Udo. I mean, this is his 18th studio album. Uh, touchdown! Uh, you know the former member of Accept. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna upset Brad because uh, we know Brad's gonna buy this. We know Brad's gonna love this. Um, you know why wouldn't he? Because Brad's a big fan of Udo, and every band should have its big fans. And I like a lot of Udo. He knows that as well. So uh, you know what you're gonna gonna get on it. Um, he's pretty consistent. It's very typical of what he does. But is it path breaking? No. Is it something you're going to play all the time? No. Is it going to be album of the week? Um, no, I'm not going to choose that one. My actual pick of the week is is a surpriser, though. It's Road by Alice Cooper. Okay. Uh, this is actually his 29th studio album. Wow. Uh, and, of course, it may be his last because, you know, who knows? The guy's 70, 75 years old. And we know the Rolling Stones are going to bring out a new album soon, and 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 Mick is now what, 81. But you know, I can't see Alice continuing much longer, wanting to you know bring out anything. I mean, it, it, this showcases his live band, as we know, um, and you know, dedicates his sort of life on the road. Uh, and it's it's really, a, I think, it sums up his whole his entire career in a way. You know, there's lots of different types of songs on the album. There's some heavy stuff on there. Um, there's, you know, some some of the sort of vaudeville type songs that, you know, we know Alice Cooper is is famous for. Um, it's produced by Bob Ezrin, so you know the sort of sound that you're going to get from it as well. Um, so it's again, it's not breaking down any barriers, it's not path breaking, but it's something that will be familiar and it's something that's good. 
And I played it quite a few times with headphones on, and I really enjoyed it from start to finish because, you know, you got it, you got the balance right, I thought. So that's my pick of the week. Very cool. I got to listen to a bunch of these. I got to listen to the Vandenberg, the Alice Cooper. I listened to the Candlebox album. There's some music by them that I really like. And this album, the first three or four songs were pretty cool. And then after that, it kind of just didn't do it for me anymore. The Vandenberg album for me, you hit the nail on the head. There's Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Vandenberg album, I think you nailed it. It's very white snakey. And outside of... There's stuff with John Sykes. I can't say that I'm really a huge fan, so it kind of didn't do anything for me. Uh, the UDO album. Brad, you're going to hate me as well, but <laughs> I, I got halfway through the album and just realized that this is kind of samesy. As you said, you know, it, we've, we've heard all this before. It's not that the songs suck, but... I, I can I can already go back to oh, look at that fighting words, Vandenturd. All right, harsh. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's see, the Alice Cooper, I I liked because of that because it has an old Alice type feel. He got his band on there as well. My my biggest sticking point is. Though he's got guest lead guitarists on here, when he's got three guitarists in the band who haven't soloed on the majority of his last few albums, if you're giving people a um, a shot, I think they should have they should have done that. They should have let just his band because of the first time in years that um, <laughs> the first time in years that the band has recorded. So. <laughs> All right, but uh, my pick, damn it, after being pissed at Richard Patrick for years because of the failed uh, Pledge Music fiasco, losing $100 on a limited album, and I forget what other garb I was picking up. Uh, also, the fact that they supposedly had songs ready and they were playing us snippets of songs. And then all of a sudden, when they released, one song, you realize that all those snippets were from one song, which royally pissed me off because I'm like, you're spitting in your fan's face. But I got to say the algorithm fucker sucked me back in. Um, there's just something I've always liked about this band from the inception. And again, an album that I've been listening to quite a bit since it came out. So for me, filters, the algorithm is my pick for the 25th. So real quickly here, we both picked for the fourth, the mammoth WVH's mammoth two on the 11th. Um, which album did you pick again? I'm just checking. <laughs> you, uh, you it was, about- well, I was between Blindstone yeah. And I was also between Blindstone and Hell in the Club. I picked Hell in the Club in the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I picked The Hives, The Death of Randy Fitz Simmons. 
for the 18th, we coincided with Spirit yeah. Adrift and Ghost at the Gallows. And for the 25th, you went with Alice Cooper Road and I went with Filter, the Algorithm. So at the end of the year, when we start doing our year-end list for album of the year, folks, you've got this whole series. You can check it out right on the homepage of signalsfromars.com all the way down at the bottom. You'll see album, all the album reviews or monthly reviews that we've done to help people out check out new music, good new music that's still coming out. And uh, since we were going to be doing this live today, me and Jeremy kind of decided that we were going to throw in some topics to uh, talk about and debate as well. So if you guys in the chat want to join in as well uh, with what we're going to discuss, you're more than welcome to do so. So you were talking about Icon of Sin. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I want to throw a hypothetical at you. You mentioned that if Bruce Dickinson retires that you've got the lead singer of Icon of Sin. What was his name again? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what I had for tea. He'll come to me in a minute. Icon of Sin. It was Rafael Mendez. Rafael Mendez. So we're talking about how close he, he is to Bruce. Hypothetical, if Bruce Dickinson decides to leave Iron Maiden or for, for whatever reason, he can no longer perform. Mm. Do Iron Maiden this time around pick someone like Mr. Mendez, who's a lot closer to Bruce? Have they learned from getting a Blaze Bailey and then having issues with their fan base or maybe going with like what Journey has done with uh, Rafael Pinedo? Or do, does Steve Harris say, tell his fan base once again, screw you guys, I know what's best for the band. So I'm going to pick someone who just fits what I want. What do you think Maiden would do if they had to do it all over again? Yeah, it's a, I suppose it's a question of what they should do over what they will do. And I think Steve Harris sometimes does have, you know, the mentality that uh, he wants to do what he wants to do. And, you know, he's, he's guiding the band. Um, it's a difficult one to answer because they're at a later stage in their career. Um, and you think that they may only need somebody just for a final tour, you know, a final year. They may not record with that person. Mm -hmm. They may just want to go out on the road. And if they want to go out on the road, they probably want someone who does sound a little bit like uh, Bruce, you know, and, and they could just have a fill in like this guy and he'd be, per he'd be a perfect fit. Um, so, you know, I think that they may err towards that. If if I was, you know, if I was Steve myself at do, taking the decision, that's what I would do. Um, we'll never know until it happens, if it happens. <laughs> um, and we hope it doesn't happen. You know, we hope that Bruce continues right. and, and uh, you know, I may just sort of retire together. But, of course, it could. You know, they're all at different ages and they all might want to do – different things and some might it's whether steve harris wants to continue the band right um it may happen who knows would you prefer um adrian smith to re release another album with richie cotton 
or another album with Bruce Dickinson? Ah, <laughs> that's a good question too. Um, I, you know, I, I, as you know, I'm a big fan of the Smith Cotson album, the first one that they've done. I play it quite a bit, and I like that bluesy stuff that he does. Um, do I want another? Probably not. You know, um, blues is blues. You know, they're only going to repeat what they've done on the first album. I think they did an EP, didn't they? Of uh, right. with a, with a few new tracks as well, and I'd had enough by then. So. Probably the answer is no. I don't need them to do it again. But I, you know, I enjoyed what he did as a, you know, as a one-off. It was great. Okay. You know what my answer is there. I'd yeah. love to see him work with Bruce again <laughs> because the two albums, Accident of Birth and Chemical Wedding, to me are the best things Bruce Dickinson has done <laughs> since uh, outside of uh, Brave New World. I can't say that post Seventh Son, there's anything else that I've listened to with him on it more than those two albums. So you've uh, you've unearthed a real barrel of worms here. So what happens if Adrian Smith leaves Iron Maiden as well at the same time? <laughs> is it over? It's got to be over. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian is just uh, see. Here's the thing. I think that everyone keys in on Bruce and Steve. But let's look at the track record without Adrian. You get No Prayer for the Dying. You get Fear of the Dark. You get um, X Factor. And you get Virtual 11, Virtual 9. What's the name of that album? Uh, 11. 11. Okay. To me... Just looking at some of, and you know that I'm not the biggest fan of the albums post Brave New World, but a lot of those song, a lot of the better songs off of those albums were written by Steve or by, excuse me, Adrian. Hmm. Passchendaele initially comes comes to mind. You know, um, he does so much for that band, and I don't think he gets the credit because there's three guitarists. I don't think he gets nearly as much credit as he should as a result. But it works for him. It allows him to go out and fish every day, which I think is what his ultimate <laughs> goal is at this point. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I've been. Uh, I, I've been eager to hear Bruce's unreleased solo album for the last what four or five years already, because mm. there have been there's been stuff out that he's had recorded since um oh uh, what the heck is the since since uh <laughs> book of uh book of book of book of stools uh <laughs> so uh yeah. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Let's hope it doesn't come to that as you've said. Yeah. So, all right. Another topic that we've kind of thrown about and you heard me talk about during my Patreon uh, podcast as well, which there are some timely episode or Jesus, some timely topics that I brought up real quickly. So again, Patreon two bucks a month, first week free. Shilling my Patreon here. There you go. <laughs> it's always tricky, isn't it? Hmm. Um, anyway, all right. So 
D. Snyder, who I love, love his his solo work. Another one like Bruce Dickinson, who I love his solo work, love most of what he's done in Twisted Sister, has come out and said that Metallica, by doing the two nights and playing two completely different set lists, has become egotistical and self-serving and that there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to go that just want to see enter, see them play enter Sandman and they're going to be pissed. Jeremy, do you think that this statement is true or do you think this statement is false? I generally think the statement is false. I think there are two types of fan out there. Uh, and there always have been. I think there are fans who want to see the hits night after night. There are people who pay tickets to see hits. And there are other fans out there, probably like me and you and other, you know, nerdy fans who are really into their music, who've had enough of the greatest hit shows and, you know, we've seen them. Uh, and we want to hear a mixture of deep cuts. Uh, you know, uh, which I think also Aerosmith is starting to do a little bit of that as well on their final tour. Um, I think that what what a band needs to do is to tell you what you what you're supposed to see on that particular night when you buy your ticket. And Iron Maiden have done this really well with their latest tour. I went to see it. You know, they played a lot of the new album and they played a lot of uh, Somewhere in Time, uh, and they just fit in it. You know, five or six of their hits, and they didn't play the rest. And we all knew what was coming. And if you didn't want to see it, you don't have to because you've seen them before or you can see them again playing the hits. But this is a particular tour. And it, in many ways, he's totally wrong uh, to say that because, you know, a band like Metallica, everyone's seen them live playing the hits. Why would you want to see them time and time again right. doing the same stuff? You want to see them playing something that offer, you know, a deep cut off one of the albums or, or a, an EP somewhere that you've not heard um, why why wouldn't you want to hear new stuff new live, uh, which you've not heard before, and and have a different type of night out and a, and a unique night out as well? Because you know if you're if they're playing two or three nights now, uh, one after the other at these festivals, you know you can see a unique night that your friends the night before who saw them won't have seen, and you can chat about it and say what you saw, and you know it could be quite an interesting type of affair, really. Yeah, I, I agree. And Metallica's always switched their set list up. I mean, this kind of isn't new. After after the Black Album, obviously, they've almost always played Enter Sandman, Sad But True, Nothing Else Matters. Uh, well, those, those, they've typically always played one. They've always played Seek and Destroy, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Creeping Death. And I'm trying and Master of Puppets. They've rotated and even within those, I've seen them on tours where they haven't played all of those, where they've switched it up. And I've seen them at a festival where they've played all the Black Album. So uh they're a band that for as much as people knock them, they've oh I think that they've always been about the fan because they've always done stuff that other bands haven't done for their fans. And you can bitch about Napster and this and that, and they're rich guys and, oh, what do they need more money for and blah, blah, blah. But look, what they do with their live recordings, which they release war warts and all, 
uh, some of the stuff that they've done with their fan club over the years. There's, there's so much stuff that they don't have to do that they do anytime that there's some type of like tragedy now with the, uh, wildfires in Hawaii, they donated $250,000. They have a charity where they release, um, or where they make money off of donations and they give a hundred percent of the proceeds to feed the, um, you know, the underprivileged in the Bay area, you know, how many bands are doing that? I, you know, and there are bands that do that stuff, but to what scale and in what frequency, you know? So I, I think that as many bad things as you can point out, I think that their positive influence and the positive stuff that they do always outweighs that. And getting back to the shows, I think what they're doing outweighs the negative side of that. First of all, D is somebody who's had a brilliant solo career, but refuses to play those songs because he just wants to play the Twisted Sister songs live. You know, so let me get this straight. You're just going to play an hour of Twisted Sister songs and one or two new songs. You can't find a situation where you play 90 minutes where you do two hours where you can fit in, as you said with Maiden, five, six new songs, you know, play stuff from throughout your career. But yet this is a guy who decided that we needed a cabaret album. We needed an album of him trying to do pop punk, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm glad with the last two solo albums that he did finally got him back on track, but I don't agree with his assessment of Metallica. I think he, he wasn't reading the room correctly and their fan base has been such a diehard fan base because they've, they've been a rabid fan base from the start. So as I mentioned there on my Patreon show, there's a lot of people that, that'll say, oh, fuck Metallica, fuck the new album. Oh, but I'm going to see them live to see all the old classics that I love. You know, there are people that are calling them sellouts for allowing Stranger Things to have, the, you know, use the track Master of Puppets. How many new fans came to the band thanks to that? People are so narrow-minded when it comes to that stuff. So if that drew a lot of young fans in, people my kids' age, to check out Metallica as a result, Game on. Why not? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, last topic we're going to touch upon here real quickly. And uh, this is a good one. I also discussed it during the podcast and Jeremy brought it up. The whole meet and greet situation. So Phil Rind of Sacred Reich, who I've been lucky enough to meet in person and interview for the show, discussed how he was. Uh, he didn't want to do meet and greets at first because he felt. Uh, the interview, he kind of alluded to the fact that he felt that he was taking advantage of fans by charging people to meet him. At the same time, they had to, and as we've discussed on this show many times with guests, the cost of touring in 2023 and post-COVID and venues taking a chunk out of money, out of people's merch money. And so on and so forth. And Dave McLean, who was part of Machine Head for quite a long time, said, look, 
Fans want to do it. You're not forcing anyone to do it. And it helps put food on the table for us. So let's give it a shot. Jeremy, we've kind of touched upon this on different occasions. I know Anthony's kind of been very vocal about this, saying that he's against it because, you know, he feels that you should be able to kind of just run into bands. And, and I, you know, I'd love to have Anthony talk about this again uh, because, because of this whole comment here, hopefully on Patreon, he'll mention something about it. Another reason to uh, join us, but um, what do you think? You know, uh, we've talked about it before, but in this instance, what do you think? Do you agree with Phil that, you know, that it is as he initially thought that it's kind of abusive towards fans or do you think that if people are willing to pay for it why not why shouldn't a band do it yeah i think that i think phil rind was saying in particular that he said that they wouldn't make anything really from the tour unless right. they did it and that's why he decided to do it because he realized you know he he's got a he's got a wife uh, he's got family he's got a house uh, i think there's been some illness with his wife yeah. he's had to pay some health bills uh and they go out on tour this is his job um he goes out on tour and you expect to make some money you know when we go to work we expect to make some money so right. we can pay our bills um and we shouldn't think that every uh artist out there is making millions and millions of pounds or dollars or whatever currency you want to discuss right. uh you know metallica do iron maiden do we know that they're huge operations huge things but a band like sacred reich is playing much smaller arenas uh the cost of touring has gone up immensely uh and you know they really need to make some money for themselves and as as you said and he would say if you don't want to pay for this you don't have to do it you can still yeah. go to the show you can still pay your 30 pounds your 30 dollars your 40 dollars go and see sacred reich it's good value for money they'll put on a great show it's a couple of hours or an hour and a half or whatever I've seen sacred reich you can buy a t-shirt you can you can not buy a t-shirt again it's voluntary um and you can just go and watch the band and not meet the band but you know Meeting the band, he also said that, you know, they obviously get small numbers doing this. It might be one mm. person, it might be five, it might be ten. Uh, there aren't that many who do it. And for whatever it is, it could be just £100. Um, I know to some people £100 is a huge amount of money and mm. you've got to pay for the ticket on top. But for some people, you know, they can afford it. Um mm you know uh and they want to do it for just maybe one or two artists that they really really like i do it for one you know i wanted to do it for michael Schenker. he came to manchester i couldn't actually go that night and feel bad that i missed the chance to actually meet him you can get loads of your albums signed you can get whatever you want signed you can have a picture you can have that little chat with them that could you know you could talk about for the rest of your life so that 100 pounds is a huge investment because you'll you'll go to parties and you'll talk to people about it forever you know i met so and so <laughs> and he said this and we said that you know and it's it's a great thing if you're really into music um so I just think if they want to do it, let them do it. Whatever they charge, let them charge it. I know some bands, it's out of, you know, it's a lot of money. If you go and meet Kiss, I guess it's a huge amount of money to yeah. go and meet them. Um, but for the smaller acts, you know, let them do it. They, they, need to, they need to eat. They need to live. And they need to, they need to have that comfort of, uh, you know, that they, they can sleep at night. 
so let them do it. And if you don't want to go, just don't go. I agree. I'm trying to look up what the meet and greets cost. Yeah, wh- while you're doing that, I can tell you what Glenn Hughes is because I looked at that actually only this week uh, because okay. uh, the advert for the concerts, you know, he's doing this, uh, he's going around doing Deep Purple again. Uh, and I think it was £100. Uh, you get to meet uh, Glenn uh, backstage before the show. Uh, you can have anything signed. Uh, you can have a photograph done, but you have to take your own camera uh, and I think you just get a chance to buy the merch before everybody else does. But presumably he'll chat to you because he's that he's a very chatty guy, and you know, get a chance to meet him. It's hundred hundred pounds to do that with with Glenn Hughes. Okay, so here we go, Sacred Reich, and this is from the Underworld in London. Okay, so this was in August already. This took place. Mm. Seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. What you get is a meet and greet with Sacred Reich, souvenir VIP laminate, signed Sacred Reich 8x10 photo, photo op with Sacred Reich, your personal item signed, three max, first access to view and purchase show merchandise, does not include concert ticket. And it says, please be yeah. prepared to be at the venue at 2 p.m. on the day of the show. Um, let's see. Okay. All prices are in U.S. dollars. Interesting that for the U.K. it'd still be that, but I guess that way they don't have to uh, do any sort of money exchange. Mm. <laughs> some some of the bands used to allow you to go and see the the sound check as well, but they've stopped right. doing that. So it, that was interesting that you said you need to be there much earlier. I think it's sort of like an afternoon thing and maybe meet them for half an hour in the afternoon. Um, I'd like to see a sound check if I was paying for one of those as well. And that, that happened to be the Michael Schenker one. You could see the sound check, I think, at the same time. So I got to see Sacred Reich sound check years ago. Right, okay. <laughs> so I got, to see, I got to see them. I got to see Crowbar and Souls at Zero all sound check. Mm. Uh, and then got to see the three of the bands live. Uh, but I don't think 75 is terrible. Hmm. I don't think a hundred is terrible when you think about, like you said, what Kiss is charging. Hmm. Uh, this guarantees you meeting the band as well. I mean, I I get the the kind of fairy tale type story of oh my god, I ran into them in the in the hotel lobby. You know hmm. that doesn't happen for everyone. You can't wish that to happen. And sure, there are some people that are smart enough, figure out where the bands all stay so they're able to to go to the hotel and whatnot. But, I mean, like you said, small band, how much can the underworld probably hold? Does it even hold a 1,000 people? I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the exact amount there, but yeah, it'd be a smaller venue. They yeah. played in Manchester as well during the same tour. I, I couldn't go, actually. It's a shame, but they played, I think they played Manchester Academy 2, which was, or even 3, yeah, which is quite small. Uh, so let's see here. They're getting handfuls of numbers of people doing this, you know, maybe one or two at some shows and, and yeah. a few more at the others, yeah. So it's 500 capacity, the underworld, or underworld. Okay, yeah. So it's not a huge venue, 
And like like you're saying, all right, so let's say that they get eight, like he says in the uh, – during the interview. Yeah. Five like- times eight, $600. Yeah. Uh, you split that probably six ways because it's probably four members plus yeah. their road crew. That's so about a hundred bucks a show extra. Yeah. If, if they're doing, I don't know, 20 dates the summer, you know, let's say that they're playing every other day. No. All mm-hmm. right. So let's say uh, June, July, they're doing out of 60 days, they're playing 30 shows, let's say. Hmm. So they're making $3,000 each off of this. Yeah. For some people, that's not bad. You know, that pays that pays the, the bills for a few months. That puts food on the table for a few months. And yeah, depends on, you know, they're not living in, in a Laurel Canyon and don't have a stretch limo with a jacuzzi in the back. You know, Arizona is a much more economical mm. place to live. So... Maybe they're not, you know, maybe that isn't half bad for them. The other thing is I wonder where they do this because I think that the um, the, 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 the um, places that host the shows are going to cotton on to this. You know how they charge a percentage to sell T-shirts? Are they going to start charging a percentage to host the, uh, the meet and greets? So that's another thing. There's a, there's a workaround for that. Okay. Do it in your bus. Yeah. Do, do it in your yeah. bus on the street. They don't own yeah. the street. No, that's right. Yeah, that would be the way around it. Do do it at a at a. Uh, they're probably not staying at a hotel because they're probably sleeping in the bus. But I'm I'm assuming that uh, that most of these bands can find a way to you know hey we're gonna be at the parking lot of this street and this street. Join us at two for the meet and greet at 75 bucks. Yeah. And maybe they got one person like they're saying, maybe they got eight. So. And for an extra $500, awesome. we'll come to your home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen that on, uh, on Kickstarter. I've seen bands that for 500 bucks, they'll play your living room. And Gene Simmons said he'd deliver the uh, the box thing that he was doing. Do you remember his solo, he, the vault, the vault? I'll the deliver vault. it direct to your home. But that's only because you're paying t- whatever whatever it was, many thousands of pounds and dollars yeah, 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 yeah. To, to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was. Um, I think it was like ten thousand for him to show up at your house. Mm. Oh, and the vault's included. Oh, no shit! If I'm paying ten thousand. <laughs> It better be included. Yeah, I need to be expected to provide him with some food and drink when he arrives. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) My favorite ice cream. Yeah, not just cube. I I was expecting more than cubed uh, cheeses and and a platter of charcuterie. (laughs) Oh, this is this is the food that you've prepared for me. Yeah. Yeah. 10,000 and I won't even give you this speech. I love the sound of my own voice and sometimes I get carried away. So in any event, Jeremy, thank you once again for joining us. 
on this uh, Friday evening. Want to thank Brad for chiming in in the chat. Want to thank Edgar Winterson. Not sure who you are, but thank you for joining us. Hopefully you come back next uh, show that we do. And we are celebrating the 14th anniversary of the Signals from Mars, formerly known as Mars Attacks Podcast. And uh, once again, we have Patreon, we have merch. You can do a PayPal donation if that's what you want as well. But uh, help support us. Get a shout out during the shows. Get a shout out at the end of this show. You'll see all my patrons are shouted out at the end of the show. Jeremy, thank you. You're welcome. Be well, sir. And uh, we will see you shortly, folks. Thank you once again for being here, checking us out live, watching the replay or listening to the podcast version. Say this all the time. There's a million other things you can do. It means a lot that you're here with me and Jeremy tonight or today or whenever you're checking this out. You're awesome. Thank you. And we will see you next time right here on Signals from Mars. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfrommars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 